Okay. I want you all to listen to me for a minute. If you keep pushing forward, the stage is going to collapse, and that's going to be the end of the show. All right? The stage right now is starting to tilt. So you guys got to move back or the, the show is going to be over. All right? You got to move back. You got to stop pushing. There's people getting crushed and the stage is going to collapse and it's going to be a big bummer. You know what I mean? Do you understand English? Move back. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. This is Rob Elba here. And uh, we have a we have a special episode tonight because this is the first time on the show, three years running, that we've had a husband and wife as guests on the show. So that that's exciting, right? So let's welcome to the show. Uh, and they they live in the same. Oh, and I meant to ask you before. Give me the proper pronunciation of your last name because I, I forgot. Jill was on the show before, and I know we discussed it, but I you know I I have no memory anymore. So is it? Uh, <laughs> Defini or uh, Definis? Definis. Definis. Okay. Yep. So we yep. have Rich and Jill Definis. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Hi. All right. It's great to have you on. And yeah, Jill, we did uh, we did Heaven Tonight by Cheap Trick. And Rich was actually he, there in the room, but he but he he didn't have a mic or headphones, and he just kept his mouth shut. So now, theoretically, <laughs> you'll get you'll get to talk now, right? Oh God! Yes. <laughs> I hope he does a lot of talking. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Well, you guys better because uh, what? Uh, why don't we just um, real quick, Rich? I I know. So I've known both you guys. You guys are in the uh, well. You're a, a couple, a lovely couple, and you're one of these couples that have been together like me and my wife for a really long time. And you guys met back in the day when you were uh, and and Rich was a rock star with hair, right? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> were you playing? Were you playing with the chant when Jill first met you? You already played. Yes. Okay. And uh, that's, how, that's how we met. Oh, Pretty nice. Mad. Nice. So, uh, Rich, uh, a guitar player, played in the chant, and now he's in an awesome band called All the V Words. Uh, which we'll all play a little of that. And Jill is a drummer, and uh, the uh, she played in Angry Pudding, and uh, we think mm-hmm. she may still play in a band called the uh, Pop Skulls, but we're not sure. We're gonna have to get a, <laughs> we'll find out a ruling on that. Well, the, this pandemic has just been crazy, and uh, but how have you guys? Yeah. How's how, how's everything holding up? How, how's the have, have you guys both been working from home like more, or have you been? Um, I just started going in to my studio where I work. But for the most part, yeah, I was working at home until October, I think. Okay. And since October, I've been going in and All right. It's but, been kind of weird, but it's cool. It's weird, right? And uh but you guys have weathered the storm, obviously. Still married, right? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you guys are in the same You guys are I I I I could see you actually, so I know that you're in the same room. Um <laughs> you you could have tricked me and and uh, not been. All right, so <laughs> Enough of this uh, pussyfooting around. What did you guys bring to talk about that? What are we talking about? Jill? We are going to discuss Hemispheres by Rush. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the laugh after. Now, there's so many reasons why you would laugh at that, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I heard that there was contention about which, like, you guys decided, oh, you're going to both come on and do a Rush record, but then which Rush record to do, right? So how did you come up with that? Uh, right. I, th- I think we always thought it was going to be Hemispheres. I think it was, we we agreed to do this last year after listening to Hemispheres, um, and then all this time went by, and, and we kind of forgot about it. And then I looked on my calendar. I'm like, oh, we gotta do this. <laughs> oh shit! I got that podcast. That <laughs> and we I thought, said we do. you know what? Nobody's gonna listen to this. You know, nobody's gonna listen to I'm tr- us. Untrue, untrue. Why do you say that, Jill? 
I don't know. Oh, you mean just because, oh, you mean just because Rush? No, but you know what? There's what I've discovered because we have mentioned Rush before on the show and we've talked and there is a, a large swath of obviously, obviously they're a popular band. There's huge Rush fans, but there's also people that you wouldn't think would be a Rush fan. Like, for instance, Jill uh, DeFinis, a punk rock <laughs> drummer. Your your screen name uh, is Punk Jill. And mm-hmm. so, all right, so let's get, give me the story. Were you always into Rush or did, did Rich force no, you no. to be into Rush oh, or no. how did this work out? Oh, God. Well, there's, a, well, here, I'll tell the story. Good. <laughs> so, no, I've been a Rush fan since I was like 13 years old. And oh. I... And I remember hearing Spirit of Radio on the radio and uh, went out and bought that record. And um, it was just very different from anything that I, you know, my friends were listening to. I would make mixtapes of Rush and like reprogram, like, what's the word, resequence, like the (laughs) order of them. And I had them in like every conceivable order. And so whenever I was in the mood for maybe just some short songs, then I had a tape of just the short songs. And if I wanted to geek out with the long songs, I, yeah, I did that. I did that a lot. Okay. Now, (laughs) now Jill, be honest though, when you did, because eventually you did get into like uh, punk and new wave and that, did you kind of hide your love of Rush for a while? No. You, you no. never did. You never did. Well, good for I don't, you. I don't think that I did. I mean, maybe friends back in the day can tell me uh, one way or the other. <laughs> I mean, there was a point where my interest, uh, you know, waned. Right. Um, you know, I, here, but here's a funny story about me and Rish and the Rush connection. When I met him, I formally met him when the chant opened for, who was that at Summers on the Beach? Oh, Jason and Jason the Scorchers. and the Scorchers, right? And so that's when we like formally met. And that night he got my phone number. Oh. And the next day I was really worried that he wasn't gonna call because I had, you know, a few Long Island iced teas and I thought maybe I'd made an ass of myself. But he called me late in the afternoon and we ended up talking for like three hours on the phone. And, you know, the conversation quickly jumped to like, oh, what, what kind of bands are you into? And so we started rattling off all these bands that we were into. And I'm like, check, check, check. And then I started getting this feeling in my gut, like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to out myself as a Rush fan. Otherwise, this isn't going to work very well. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and then that was it. It just like solidified Jill and Rich as a couple, I think. Ah, all right. So, Rich, let's pivot to you now. Uh, <laughs> uh, when did you get into it? You're a little older than Jill? Are you a little older? Mm-hmm. Just a couple years, yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, when did you get into so Rush? I, um, I got into Rush. I, Farewell to Kings was my first album. And it was because my cousin made me come over and listen to it. He said, this is the <laughs> best recording. This is the best recorded album you'll ever hear. That's so, he so funny. It on, I'm like, and I'm that's like, so funny shit. because I had friends that, that would make me come over and listen to Rush too. I had that too. That, that's a thing with, with Rush people that they make other people. You have to listen to that. And you didn't have the same reaction, did you? you well, well, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll, we'll get to that. I'm, I'm not going to hide anything. But um, all right. So Rich, so you heard, but you were, you were into it right away. You were a fan. Yeah, I was like, wow, this guy playing guitar is amazing. Now, the singer, I was a little bit, hmm, but they're all amazing musicians because, you know, I was in the Yes and and Arson Lake of Palmer. And, okay, um, so you were, you were, you were already in, into prog and prog bands, but this, but the, the thing with Rush is as, as proggy as they can get, they are also like have that hard rock thing, right? So, yeah, yeah. So it was like listening for me, it was like hearing, uh, you're going to get me off on the Alex Lyson geek zone here. So let me, we'll do that. We'll save that for later. But okay. so I, yeah, I went, we went and saw Rush open for Pat Travers at Hollywood's Portatorium. It was the Farewell to Kings tour. Oh, and wow. I think I saw them every tour up through Signal. Signals was the last, like that period that I saw them. And then Jill and I went and saw him a couple more times after we were married. Um, and but I was I was a fan ever since. And my band, my high school band, my high school band Lost used to Horizon. do. Yeah, we had a light show. <laughs> that was the name, Lost Horizon. Lost Horizon. 
Did you guys spell it right, had, or did you have anything spelled? Was there anything spelled no, wrong? No, it was it was oh, okay. spelled right. We had a light show. We had the smoke. We had a drum riser. Kimono. Oh, we nice. wore kimonos. No. And yes. I I had a violin bow because you know. <laughs> We did do dazed and confused, so you know. Ah, uh, well, there is, yeah, there, there is definitely a uh, a Jimmy Page connection. I definitely uh, found that with this record, and yeah, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go on the record right now. Is I'm never. I, 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 here's the thing with Rush. I was when when I was in high school. Uh, there was a certain like there were kids. There were some kids that were really into Rush that that just loved Rush, and um, and I remember the one thing I remember was I had a. A, it was an English uh, poetry. It, it may have been poetry class or English. Then we had poetry, but like three three different kids brought in uh, Rush lyrics for, as their poem. Yeah. Like you had to bring yeah. a poem you love, and like three and uh, Neil Part. Well, this is Neil. And then one kid tried to just say the poem, and then another kid went, "That's Rush, man. He's just doing Rush, you know." <laughs> and I had the same experience. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I I had a mass media class and. I, my project, my semester project was going to be, I was going to show everybody what overdubbing was in the studio. So I brought a, a Rush song in oh, there you and go. I said, now listen, they do this. They play the guitars and then, you know, the band plays and then they overdub the solos and this and that. And my teacher just looked at me and shook her head and said, really, this is your project? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the cow. Yeah, so, it is. But yeah, Rust was was definitely used to get through some school projects. I mean, right. the lyrics kind of are bad high school poetry <laughs> anyway. Um, well, but I mean, but, but poetry, it, it is poetry. And it's like, yeah. it, well, Jill, all right, here's a question, Jill. Having the drummer write all the lyrics, a good idea or a bad idea? Maybe not the best idea? I don't know. <laughs> As um, a drummer? <laughs> I, I would be so curious. To, to see what uh, the other two would have written as lyrics. I mean, I guess we started. I, think, I don't think it would have been. I don't think did. it would have been anything good. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think I, they did, um, but I wouldn't. I'd have to research what song it was because it was after like I kind of got rid of Rush, and didn't listen much to him. Yeah, but I think yeah. it was a later period. But they've always. Yeah. But uh, from what I've heard, I've never seen them live. Uh, but I've heard they always they always put on a great show, and they're obviously they're, yeah they're an amazing band. They're an amazing musician, and I and I will say I've never been a, a a hater. I'm not a Rush hater. Even and and the one thing you were mentioning, uh, Kitty Lee's voice, of course, of course, that's that's one thing that some people can't get past. They can't get past that. But yeah. that's that's not a problem. You know, Joe, what I was thinking. Uh, are you guys familiar with Sparks? You know, yeah, yeah Russell yeah. Mile. Okay. Russell Mile from Sparks has a very similar voice to Getty Lee. It's super high pitched, and some people just can't stand it and can't get past that. But um, yeah, that's just that's just his voice and the way he sings, and uh, I never you know, had a problem with that. You know what's interesting is is if you if you really listen to him sing, he's a damn good singer. He, he, he really is a good singer. He works with it's what just, he's got. Yeah. He, he really knows <laughs> I, I think Jill, I, I go more with Jill than that, but yeah. <laughs> um. I, I mean, but listen, there's so many bands that have singers or there's so many singers that have just grating voices that, you know, like Jay Mascus, I would never like want to listen oh, to his. I love his, you know I what love mean? Jay Mascus's voice. I love his voice, but yeah, we like, taste. it is an acquired taste. And we like, uh, I'm sure we all like people that don't necessarily have a, yeah. you know, a great voice, but they have a unique anybody voice. else singing those songs. And I can't imagine anybody else Absolutely. singing Rush songs. And I can't imagine Rush songs having anybody else's lyrics because this, the music would be completely different because it especially the early stuff because it was just so wordy you know <laughs> it, well, well it's funny i was reading in doing research on this record uh, according to lee uh re recording the vocals for this record was a miserable experience because he said they recorded all the music first without making sure he could properly sing over the tracks so yeah. he kind of <laughs> just had to make it work but obviously uh, you know he, he did that and um we didn't mention uh this was released in october 19 78, 78 and they mm -hmm. recorded it at the same place they recorded the uh, farewell to kings the farewell previous one uh -huh. right in uh in england and in, in wales and um uh, one other quick thing before we get into the record uh a couple years ago when the when the documentary rush beyond the lighted stage came out which i, I think did you guys recently watch it 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Watched this. Watched it a few times. This, Great. This was our one of time one of the greatest we... one of the greatest rock documentaries ever. I think I love that. Oh, I, I've seen it. I've seen it twice. I watched it twice. And wow. when it first came out, I watched it and I loved it so much. And I loved Rush in the, you know, them just as people. I said, you know, I think I like Rush now. And then I, <laughs> I went on like a Spotify binge and listened for a week. And then I was like, nah, I don't know. I guess I don't. But I but I love them. But I don't. I don't know. I just don't. And so I never. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm being okay. honest. But they're but yeah, they're such nice, likable guys. And um, such normal guys. But- this, yes. we the, we watched it um, recently, and it was the first time we watched it since Neil died, and it was kind of it was kind of rough to get through it. Yeah, this time. Uh, yeah, I know that is that is really sad. Uh, he, uh, well, I mean, come on, uh, Neil Peart. So what what more can you yeah. say? <laughs> what more do you have to say? I just I just want to say that in my mind, Rush was the punk rock progressive band. <laughs> See, I told you there's a punk connection. Around. See, come on. <laughs> oh, right. Well, uh, all right. I'm going to go with that because there is. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, full disclosure, this this me to this was the first time this week me ever listening to this album, although I have heard songs. Like I said, I remember going over kids house and they go, how could you not like this? You know, and they'd play and, <laughs> and they'd play. So I did recognize some of these songs, but I never, you know, actually sat and listened to it. So let's get the first song happens to be what? It's a it's an 18 minute <laughs> opus that takes up the whole first side. It's the entire side. first side. Yes. <laughs> and it continues the story of Cygnus X1 uh, on uh-huh. A Farewell to Kings, right? Um, yes. Right. And last uh, we heard from Cygnus, he was hurling <laughs> off into a black hole on his ship, the Rosinante. <laughs> yeah. So were you all? Were you into? Like were you? You were all into that, right? You didn't think it was goofy, like when you were younger, did you? Or did you kind of know it was yeah. kind of when I was thirteen, fourteen? I didn't think that was goofy at all. Come Guys. on, you're talking to yes fans here. Right. Yeah, yeah that's right. true. Those lyrics about nothing. All right, so let's uh let's start it off uh with the prelude. Uh the prelude starts off and honestly, when I'm listening to it, I kept waiting for Getty to start singing and then I'm waiting and then I'm thinking, "Oh, maybe the, it's an instrumental the whole thing because it because it takes forever, but let's listen uh when it opens up with the first track. We'll listen to a little bit of I mean it sounds like okay he's gonna start singing here he's gonna start singing but no he he doesn't yet because there's more no uh, (laughs) and then then you've got the harmonics coming up (laughs) yes right right uh yeah so obviously a different obviously they could have let's be fair they could have made this like six what is there six parts and they could have said it was six different songs but um it's a piece and also it's kind of a continuation so have have either of you guys ever geeked out enough to listen to the Cygnus, uh, the part one, and then this one, like, put them all together. Have you guys done that? How can you not? Okay. I swear I had a mixtape with that all put together, of course. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) All right. So eventually, but it it does actually tell a story, and eventually um, Getty does start singing, so let's listen to it a little bit, of in Apollo, Bringer of Wisdom. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, right? <laughs> When our weary world was young, the struggle of the ancients first began. The gods of love and reason saw it alone. I mean, obviously, it's real easy to like make make fun of all this, but no, I mean, you know, whatever. It, it, it's a little cheesy, yeah. It's, but, it's a little like science fiction story, and you yes. know, Neil Peart was a big reader, right? And I think right. that a lot of people that who read a lot are sometimes, oftentimes, frustrated writers, and I think that he would have been a great you know, short story writer, science fiction writer. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. In fact, he did I write books, but I don't think any of them were fiction. I've, I've read one of them, but he's, he is a good writer, actually. Yeah, I mean, But yeah, on. this is just a, uh, you know, uh, it's just a story. I, I don't even care about the story, although I was a member of the Junior Classical League and I studied mythology, so I was really kind of, you know, hip to this sort of thing. I liked it. It was my thing. And I was just getting into science fiction reading myself. So, oh, okay. it, so it's like perfect. It's, it's like right in your wheelhouse, right? In oh, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I was such a big Rush fan, because it was just so geeky. And that that was my persona. That was my that was my shtick back then, you know? Right. Just I I just it was just something different. It was something that the girls I was hanging out with weren't into and I wasn't into them either. So I just wanted to strike out <laughs> on my own and and this, it just appealed to me. Right. So, so Rich, would you say were you were you more about the music at this time, just because of the guitar? You were you were already playing a, a guitar at this time, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I was only about the music. I mean, the lyrics. Uh, probably going to get a lot of crap from people for saying it, but I was never a lyric guy. I was. Oh no, people say that all that. Yeah, we have a lot of people that say that. Some surprising people that you wouldn't think would say that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until later in my life that I started to really listen to lyrics more. But um, at that point in my life, all I cared about was playing guitar and what the guys were doing, what Alex was doing, and to me, Alex was taking all of my favorite guitar players and just putting them all together. And that's what came out. It was like, there's Jeff Beck. There's Jimmy right, Page. There's right, Steve right. Howe. Yes. And, and it just blew me away that this guy, you know, there's solos on this record to me that were, you know, would make Jimmy Page just frob at the mouth, you I know, because. Agree. I totally agree. Um, all right. And, so this, uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, it's, I can go on for hours. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. All I was so amazed by, you know, what he's doing with the different, his different pedals and this and that. And and, and eventually I had a high watt stack. So you know, oh, I had, okay. to be, had to be Alex as a teenager. I had to be Alex. Right. 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 <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that. Right? Um, all right. So, a lot of shit obviously goes goes down in the song and then but finally we get to the end and then uh it sounds kind of happy and hopeful at the end right so let's listen to oh the, god the sphere <laughs> a kind of dream that's what it's beautiful we can walk our road together if our goals are all the same we can run the Let the love of truth shine clear 
It's very schmaltzy, but doesn't it give you warm feels? It it, it really does. And 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 that's the thing, I'll tell you, he really did a good for someone that you could tell that that the music was done and he could have it could be so much like someone trying to fit words into the song and not sound natural, but he does a really good job of adding melody to it, which is really important because there is some prog that I just won't listen to. Like, I know people talk about Dream Theater. I, oh, I, I oh, yeah, no. because oh. that, this at least, it has soul and it's got melody and they realize that, oh, you know, it's got to, it can't just be, you know, guys wanking off and noodling musically. It's got to have something, <laughs> you know, else there to grab onto. And, you know, uh, and that's important because if you don't have any of that, then what do you, you have like Dream Theater, which is, you know, uh, I'm sorry. You know, that's... <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> sterile. Yeah, it's horrible. And, it, and, and that that last track you just played kind of sums up the whole album cover, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, this we are, yeah. talk about the album cover? Yeah, we didn't mention that. It, no, was, no, no. it, it was designed by longtime Rush collaborator, uh, graphic artist Yu Saim. And it, 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 it's a figure. It's the guy from The Son of Man by the surreal artist Rene Magritte. And then for some reason, he's standing by a, a human brain and then looking at a <laughs> nude guy, a, a nude guy in a ballet pose. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. I've never liked any what, of their album covers. To be what is, right. What is the tie into hemispheres? I don't know. Because the brain is. <laughs> the brain that's is that's the it. Hemispheres. It's the two different sides that's of the it. brain. Come on, Rich. See, this, <laughs> this is Apollo and that's Diana. That's why you guys. This is why you guys need each other. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I need to explain this shit to uh, Rich. All right, so we get the we flip the side over. The whole first side is now. When you guys uh, got into at this time, were you guys records still? Did you still have records, or were you did you graduate? Oh yeah, cassettes. Yeah, this was still records. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, and now we have whoa a song that's under four minutes. Um, I and I guess uh, I read Neil wrote this about it, his time in Europe, right? Uh, before he joined, I don't Rush. know that. Wow. Yes, before okay. joining Rush, he traveled to London because he thought it would be like the hot music scene. But he ended up, uh, it wasn't, and he ended up working at some um, uh, shitty like tourist oh. tourist uh, gift shop. Right, right. Now I remember. Right, right. So that's what it's about. Let's listen it's to. It. A it's kind of a like teenage angsty song. Yeah, but but uh, Neil Peart teenage angsty. But Peart style. Peart style. Let's listen to <laughs> Circumstance. <laughs> up when he hits those really high notes that's like russell mile from sparks i tell you i can't if someone says they love sparks and they hate rush i'm i'm calling bullshit because uh, they're jerks. yeah yeah they are jerks there's so many jerks right Joe? <laughs> um yeah so like you said this is kind of cool it's kind of like a, a neil parrot just like his little angst um uh all the same we take our chances laughed at by time tricked by circumstances um yeah so and the only french phrase i know <laughs> oh right right yeah <laughs> hey everyone rob here uh long time listeners of the show 
will know our long-running supporters. Is This Tomorrow? Is This Tomorrow is a weekly comic strip produced by Kelly Shane and Woody Compton. Their comics are pointed, they're funny, and they'll always make you think. They've been churning them out literally for decades, and their past comics are archived on their website, isthistomorrow.com. There's a new one every week, so make them part of your weekly web routine by heading over to isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. Um, and then we get another uh, short, shortish song. Uh, that's also, so they just, I think by the next record, they started doing more. That, that That's when they started getting radio, yeah, this, more radio hits. Hemispheres was the last like epic rush record right yeah i mean this was the last one where they had like one whole song on one side or one piece on one side nothing well say think about it from 2112 there's a whole side whole song on one side then farewell to kings you had two songs that you know were and even earlier like fly by night had by tour and the snow dog that was kind of a long song and then caress of steel had um Fountains of Lamnef. Yeah, which... had, a, had a whole. <laughs> it was nice so, and long. I, mean, I, guess, I just I love how much you guys know about. <laughs> he gave me Caress of Steel for Christmas a couple of years ago. It was it my birthday? I don't know. I think I remember. Well, I remember hearing about that. <laughs> it was a big. The, thing. The, the point is, is that I think by this point in their career, they were like exhausted. You know, we're we're done with these long epic songs and we need to move on oh, okay, yeah, what, right. were they, what were they going to do in concert you know like oh they yeah that's true because they'd have a new song. right yeah they can't yeah they'd be like a five it'd be like a it, springsteen concert or something exhausting <laughs> exhausting so it made sense for them to kind of whittle it down a little bit right right uh but good for them and this is uh and this is a, I, I i love this song uh and there's trouble in the forest trouble right? in the, the forest, forest. God, those guitars drive me crazy. They're so great. Isn't it so pretty how, like, it starts off with this pretty classical thing going on and then Getty playing bass with that. It's just so pretty. And then it just smacks you in the face. Well, that's it. They still, like, Rich, they have those power chords. They they have the heavy power chords that, um, you know, maybe some prog... groups wouldn't do wouldn't do that so they still have that heavy hard rock stuff that's great and and even though it's a short song i'm listening and i'm thinking there's different there's rich you realize there's three different time signatures well rich and jill i should jill's the drummer but there's three different (laughs) time signatures in the four (laughs) minute song uh i guess it starts out uh six eight the acoustic stuff is in six eight and then it goes into four four but then um, you got a weird five four time signature in the in that instrumental bridge. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. <laughs> don't, don't forget to mention the wood blocks and the and the chimes. Oh yeah, yeah. He's fu- it's funny because <laughs> Neil is really cool. And it's funny in when he when they list they have the listing. They could just say Neil Pert uh, percussion, but no, it, it lists everything he played on here: uh, bell tree, timpani, gong, right. cowbells, temple blocks, or- <laughs> wind chimes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and uh, what is, orchestra bells. Orchestra yes. bells. Yeah. And and it's funny as as um as the lyrics, you know, obviously it sounds like a story like they're using uh trees as a metaphor for people, but I guess Neil Burt himself has said that it's kind of not it was just he saw he saw like a cartoon picture of trees carrying on like fools and he thought, right. what if trees acted like people? Um, but did you guys, uh, you guys aware of, there's a really funny Rand Paul connection to this song? Oh God. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's great. I read it. I, I love it. Uh, cause Rand Paul used to mention this song in like interviews and speeches. He used to oh, use oh, it as an example of libertarian. And listen, this yeah, is so great. Yeah. He did it so much that Neil Pert had Russia's management send a cease and desist to him to stop <laughs> quoting the lyrics. <laughs> Yes, that's great. I love that. Yeah, that alone makes me love Neil Peart. So he's my favorite drummer <laughs> ever. Just, just for sending a, a cease and desist to fucking Rand Paul. Um, yeah, did, did not know that. That's great. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Neil Peart was a very political person. People try to pin that on him, but I don't think he was at all. He yeah, no, no, I don't think I don't think either. He was like uh, he was just a, a thinker. He was an intellectual that happened to also play, uh, you know, play drums like. I think that he was just like the guys in the, like all the guys in the band were very influenced by whatever music they were playing. And and you can definitely hear it throughout their whole career. Yes. I think Neil Neil Peart was very influenced by who he was reading at the time. And lyrically, it just showed up. Right. So if he was younger and he was listening to Anne Rand, um, you know, it showed up, but he definitely disavowed her, you know, like said, no. He he grew up all of us read. We all we read and ran in up. middle school, and then we said, "Oh, that's awesome!" Oh, yeah. And then realized we listened. Nah, maybe that's not that awesome. He's a psychopath. Um, <laughs> all right, so now we get the final song. Now, you guys, this see when I see la, two L's, I automatically want to make it La Via, but it's not. It's Italian, so it should be La Villa Strangiato. Strangiato, right? La Villa Strangiato, and uh, parentheses and exercise in what? Self indulgence. <laughs> it's twelve parts, so we're not obviously we're not going to listen to all twelve parts. But it has some really pretty acoustic. It's, um, the, it's the greatest song ever made. It's got it's the greatest one of the top five guitar solos I've ever. Well, heard. all right, so let's talk about this because the fur. Uh, uh, um, let's listen to it. But I swear, some of it sounds punk to me because it's the chords are Blitzkrieg Bop by the. Yep. Ramones at, yeah. at, at one point uh, Yeah, listen, I got very excited when I heard that So let's listen to the, uh, I don't know, one part of uh, La Villa's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those power chords, those bar chords. That's and and you know this is 1978, so there's no way they didn't not hear any of that. You know what was going on. Uh
punk music. And I, I, you know, I think, I think they, uh, I, I know later on Neil Peart really got, uh, he loved, uh, Stuart Copeland and he loved the police for a while and he definitely that was it influenced him so they were I give them credit for always being open uh, like you were saying Jill to like you know to being open to stuff they liked and listened to and to expanding Mm -hmm. you know their musical vocabulary and not just keep making the same thing over and over again exactly yeah Yeah. so yeah look at me I'm becoming a Rush fan again (laughs) (laughs) so do you do you like so do you like that song Rob do, yes. Yeah, no, there's nothing I don't uh, I don't not like. <laughs> but as a guitarist, I, mean, I was saying to Rich, like, you can't not like that song. No, no, like, yeah, no, no, I do, yeah. No because guitarist it, cannot like that. Right, because it just rocks. And then this, let's listen to this part I have here. This is like that bluesy section, which I'm realizing, Rich, you mentioned Jimmy Page. This is this is him shredding, but obviously he's a fan and of Jimmy Page. But yeah, maybe he's taking it a little further even. But still, yeah. it's there. And uh, yeah, let's listen to a little bit of this. Yeah, this is... That's like Jimmy Page, but without so much drugs, you know, take some of the drugs. Yeah, exactly. It's the clean Jimmy Page. (laughs) (laughs) It's the non-stumbling, sloppy Jimmy Page. (laughs) It's beautiful. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that when this record came out, um, they had recorded, um, I don't know if they recorded the Hemisphere side, but side two, the three songs in side two, they recorded live in the studio and they released them as videos. And I saw them on Don Kirshner's rock concert one night. And it's just, it, you can find them on, on uh, YouTube if you look for them, but it's just beautiful because it's live in the studio and they're playing these songs and, yeah, I, I, I was reading. I was reading Neil Neil Peart joke that Rush spent more time working on this song than they did on the entire Fly By Night album. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because Those yeah, are, they they wanted like to get yeah they wanted to get it all in one take, which is insane uh, mm-hmm. with what goes on, and uh, they would just do it over and over. And yeah, I mean, you, it's, yeah, there was like hundred and forty six takes, I think. <laughs> God. Or tries. Can you tries imagine the engine, the poor engineer that's got to <laughs> wade through the. Yeah. Well, you know how it is to, to try to just hammer a song out over and over and over again. It's oh. like, holy cow, you know? At some point, you got to give it a breath. No. I refuse. If we don't get on the third take, that's it. I'm done. I'll never do, I'll never do it again. Um, so, and then there's another segment where uh, the one that's the, the monsters and the monsters reprise, which is actually, it's adapted from, I guess, a jazz, uh, jazz instrumental by Raymond Scott called yeah. Powerhouse that was used in a lot of uh, cartoons. Uh, Looney Tunes. Yeah. When you hear it, you know, it's Looney Tunes.
And that's see, that's another secret sauce I think that a lot of people don't get that the band has a sense of humor. They all have a sense of humor. And it comes across even though you know, even though it's not overt you could tell that that it's there that they have a sense of whimsy and a sense of humor and it if they didn't have that then it would just be it, they would be a dream theater again i hate to keep crapping on dream theater insufferable <laughs> exactly um so yeah i agree it's there and i i also before we play this other part uh that's got that uh lift in there i just wanted to point out i thought this was cool that uh, people used it like the Looney Tunes. A lot of people borrowed it, but no one ever gave rights. And, and Rush didn't either. On the record, they didn't credit him. But um, by the time the publisher, Raymond Scott's publisher, notified the band's management of the infringement, the statute of limitations had expired already. So they didn't have to do anything. But they decided um. to, uh, being the class act that they are, they offered a one-time payment, a penance payment, uh, feeling that it was just the right thing to do to his estate to, to make a payment for it. And they didn't right. have to do it. So that just shows that what good guys yeah. are. Um, yeah. And let's listen to that part that's got that in there. Yeah, yeah, right. That was the second time we heard that that piece. Because then the first time we hear it, it kind of goes into a little groove and then right. comes back. That's well, a great thing about that song. It's just it's like it's like a classical. It's like a piece. classical piece, right? Is where the, yeah, it's like sitting down for a fine meal. It's like sometimes they give you a little amuse bouche, you know, and you're enjoying that, and then they hit you with like you know a big main course, and then they hit you with. So it's just it's got everything. Right goes up and down <laughs> up and down and all around um yeah I, I one thing i keep i keep forgetting i want to ask you guys your your girls did you like over the years would you uh, did your girls ever get into rush at all or would you play no, it? no no our, our oldest one uh she's gotten into some of our music but no, not this. No. <laughs> no. Okay. And the younger one, I mean, she's she's all about, you know, Taylor Swift. So no, no. Okay. All right. Well, is, what are you gonna do? Every every once every once in a while, um, Chris, uh, our drummer, will play something, some Neil Peart stuff. And it'll be something from one of these songs, and I'll just start playing along with them, and we'll just look at each other, and giggle. <laughs> oh God! And, and like Jeff, Jeff probably looks at you like, "What, what are you guys doing?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Oh no, oh, not yeah. that." Well, our bass player Mark sometimes breaks into a little rush, uh, but I don't <laughs> dare try to, you know, play a Neil Peart riff. Oh, you know I mean? like, that would be ridiculous. No, <laughs> it wouldn't. It would be awesome. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, that reminded me. In listening to this, I realized that my uh, my high school punk rock band, the Ex Cons, Eve's uh, Buadana. I'm calling you out, Eve, because I didn't know it at the time. But he stole so much Alex license stuff. Like I'm listening to him going, I remember him playing that shit. And it's like I realized because he was a huge Rush band. So yeah, I'm, I'm see, see, Rush was the punk of progress. I think that a lot of regular listeners, even though they might not want to admit it, are really secretly into Rush. I think everybody should out themselves. Yeah, yeah. get over yourselves. Like yeah, exactly. Jill, listen to what Jill. was that line we went from? Oh, um, the, the line in the movie. The um, if beyond the lighted stage. If you if you saw it twice, Rob, maybe you remember. I towards the end, I don't there even was remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Uh, now, one of the guys was saying, one of the musicians they were interviewing said something like, you know, you know, maybe back in the day you could you could you know say talk shit about this band, but at this point you got to give it up, otherwise you're just an old. What? What did he say? He said you're an old dick. You're yeah, basically, old... but that's true. It's totally true. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're just a asshole hater at this point. If you still, I <laughs> exactly. Mean, Thank exactly. You. 
Um, <laughs> all right. So this was awesome, guys. This was so great having you on. Uh, only I'm going to say only married couples from now on on the show. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe not. But uh, it really was great. And I'm glad you guys, I, I knew eventually we would do a Rush record. I'm glad uh, you guys brought it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's inevitable. Never Dream Theater. I'm saying that right now. I'm putting my foot down. We're never doing a Dream Good. Theater record. Yeah. yeah. You, have to, you have to call. I mean, you don't want to be a hater, but you also have to draw the line somewhere, you, right? Guys? You got to have standards, Rob. You do. You know, somewhere there's a doc, Dream Theater documentary, and the guy, one of the guys is saying, if you don't respect Dream Theater, you're such a dick. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, but no one's seen it, so it doesn't matter. Um, exactly. All right. So, anything, Rich? Anything going on? When's uh, all the V words got? Uh, well, where can they? You guys have a Bandcamp, right? Yeah, we have Bandcamp. Um, you can buy records at all the stores. I mean, all the local stores have all them. the V. Well, this is this yeah. this show's worldwide. Maybe you haven't heard, but so uh, yeah, go to Bandcamp. All the V words. Oh, Bandcamp. Uh, Bandcamp. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Jill, Pop Skulls. Pop Skulls are probably on Bandcamp too. You probably don't even know, but they are. We are. We have a couple of songs on Bandcamp. Oh, cool. All right. So uh, it was great. Like I said, it was great having you guys on. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget, uh, on Instagram, we're at, at That Record Got Me High. On Twitter, at TRGMH Podcast. Facebook, That Record Got Me High. And also, that Facebook group got me high. You're a member, Jill, right? You, you're, yes, you, I am. Yeah, it's, it's fun, right? Absolutely. Of course it is. Uh, <laughs> you can email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com. And don't forget Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh and become a patron of the show if you enjoy it, uh, listening to it, because we're not, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm not stopping. Unless I have like a heart attack or something or I die of COVID. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not stopping. Uh, thanks again for being on, guys. This is great. We'll see you guys next week. Out of here.